0: This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. I have a couple of longtime family friends who moved to Montana's Paradise Valley to pursue fly fishing. But what's interesting to me is that neither one sustained it. One of my friends is named Tom. He was a contractor from the Chicago area. In fact, Dave, he has a, a plaque in Dan Bailey's. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. they, they used to, uh, somebody caught a big fish, and they would kind of make a big plaque of it, and so he's up there. His name's on one. But you know what's interesting? After a few years, he was just too busy making a living, and... Uh, yeah, i think he moved there when his kids were young and he you know he had a thriving business uh, you know as a contractor but uh, he f- just stopped fishing for all practical purposes hmm. have another friend named murray who's a retired firefighter from la and and uh, he loved to fly fish for years he would fish nelson spring creek and and the thing that really intrigued me about murray was that every year he would have some buddies that would come from out of state i think they might have been la firefighters as well and they would come and they would fish the yellowstone that the beaver had and uh he was an inspiration uh really for for what you and i are doing today i mean i i think this whole idea of uh Hey, let's make sure that we're taking some annual trips together. That that really came from Murray. I, I saw him do that with his friends and and I was kind of envious of that. So really yeah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's why we're doing that now. But but here's the thing with Murray. Uh, he eventually gave it up. Now he gave it up much later in his life than Tom. I mean Murray was probably oh, mid late sixties when he just decided, you know, I've I've enjoyed this, but time to do something new and uh, funny thing is he's uh, he's doing a lot of uh, ranching farming stuff for uh, Nelson Spring Creek Ranch. So he's driving by the Spring Creek every day. Yeah, that's right, in, in a tractor, you know, with a bale or heading out to the hay field. Well, here's the thing, some fly fishers fish for a season and others do it for a lifetime. And what we want to try to get at in this podcast is, is what's the difference? Now, I want to make this clear. We are not criticizing those who, who don't keep fly fishing and, and who knows, Dave, maybe you and I won't, but we've, we've thought about this a lot and, and we want to talk about it. Uh, Why uh, do some sustain their fly fishing habit and, and, and others uh, kind of leave it behind. Well, just
1: yesterday, I was uh, in Geneva, Illinois, and I was over at a client's office. Actually, he's a prospect, and we were talking about uh, some marketing and mm-hmm. a book he's writing, and he was in the asset management space. And he introduced me to um, a partner of his, and, and before he introduced me to him... This this my this prospect said to me, you know, Dave, um, this guy's really into fly fishing. He's really, I mean, he's really into it. And again, this guy is very wealthy, uh-huh. um, and probably fifty years old. And so when I so when finally I was introduced to him about maybe an hour later, and I said, well, tell me about your fly fishing. He goes, oh, I just don't have time to do it. He had just come back mm. from a bow hunting trip in Colorado with yeah. a guide, and and so what I realized was he's one of those people who buy fly fishing trips they, okay. they have all the yep. gear mm-hmm. and I have friends like this and which is fine again not being critical of that but mm-hmm. I wouldn't call that necessarily um, being a fly fisher and I think um, some people get all the gear they go on a guided trip they have a great time, yeah. but they don't sustain it. And I think that's right. what we're talking about is yeah. how do you sustain it over right.
0: time. Right, and what causes you to sustain it and what, uh, you know, what leads some people to just kind of let it go by the wayside. Well, I think one thing, maybe the place to start is to say if you're going to sustain fly fishing as a, as a lifelong hobby, you really have to love it and you have to have a passion for it. Yeah. And I, I know interests change. I mean, I look at my life and I, I used to, boy, when I was uh, high school, college, I, I even thought, man, maybe I'd become a f- professional photographer on the side. I love that. You know, I, I the only pictures I take anymore are just uh, my big fish. Or fit? Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, I don't take any pictures then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll take fishing pictures and fun stuff of my ki- my grandkids, or my son playing football. But I, I've left that behind, and you know what? I'm fine with that uh, because sometimes your interests change. But I guess for me, the thing about fly fishing is that I've I've seen this passion this love for fly fishing escalate would you say that's true for you absolutely that's true especially
1: probably since the mid um well probably early 2000s you know i got started fly Mm -hmm. fishing with you in in my late teens but you and i there was probably a 10-year stretch from the time we graduated from college to the time we kind of circled back to our friendship. Right. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So during those years is when I think all your kids were born. And yeah. I was not even mm-hmm. married. I didn't even get married until I was almost 30. Yeah. And so our lives took completely different turns. Right. And so there was this mm-hmm. huge gap. So, But once you and I circled back together, probably in our mid-30s around mm-hmm. writing, right? Yeah. And, um, and we started fly fishing. And it was really... Yeah and i had been fly fishing so i go out to colorado when i lived out there i fly fished and i there was a guy I fly fished here in the chicagoland area when i moved 25 26 mm-hmm. years ago yeah. um we fly fish in the driftless but it did it escalated over time yeah. absolutely
0: it did you know i think one of the things that has maybe made my fly fishing interest escalate is i've just eliminated some other hobbies now one of them still is painful to talk about. I uh, I haven't bow hunted in um, in a decade since I left Montana. Wow, that's sad. And that's, it is. I, I really miss that. I'd love to pick that up. I could do that in a heartbeat, but uh, uh, I, I don't have that piece of my life. You know, there's some other things though that uh, I, I used to ride a mountain bike a little bit more and like, no, I, I'm not going to put another nickel into that. I, I want to fly fish. And for a while, I tried to golf, and that was mainly to try to, you know, just, well, first, I thought it might be fun. Secondly, I thought maybe I could get next to some, some friends that like to golf. And I, I just realized one day, you know what? I hate this. I, I'm a decent athlete, but I'm not a good golfer. And why am I doing this? So I don't have that. And I think of a friend that both you and I have in common who's a really good fly fisher, but. He's a really good golfer, and he's a really good basketball player, and he's a a really good hunter, and you know what? He's got the package. Yes, the more pursuits that you have, uh, you you just aren't going to have time. So I, I do think if you find something that you love, that you have a passion for, if you eliminate other interests, and I'm not saying you should, I'm just saying that that if that happens, you you'll probably be able to sustain this. Where if fly fishing is just one of five things that you like, it may go by the wayside. And again, that's not bad. That's not wrong. It's just it is what it is.
1: Yeah, we're not panning that. No, right. I do
0: think that I was thinking about my son Corey, uh, who is a sophomore
1: in high school. We were driving last night because he needs some more hours to get his license. Yeah. And I asked him. I said, you know, Corey. Do you like to fly fish? And he's only been out a couple times with the me, and really only once where he really fly fished. Mm-hmm. And he said, "I don't know." And I it hit me that yeah. there are sometimes you think, "Well, I have a great passion for this, so um, obviously I'm going to do more of it." But on the other hand, sometimes you need sometimes you need to do it a lot and then your passion develops Yeah, and I think with Corey um, I just wish I'd gotten him started sooner because I think Mm -hmm. the time we went it was in the driftless it was in the summer we didn't catch a lot of fish and I think repetitive experiences can actually fuel Mm -hmm. and fan that passion
0: that's a great point that is a great point I mean I I look back and I think yeah there was a time where I liked to fly fish but it wasn't the passion I didn't love it as much as I do now and and, and I didn't say I didn't wake up one morning and say, you know what, I'm going to make this a passion of mine. No, I just I, I, I kept doing it. I had some great experiences. I realized, you know what, this is something I enjoy. And that I guess that's what I would say to listeners: if if this is something you love, well, boy, keep at it. If you know if you like fly fishing but you're not that passionate about it, that that's fine. Find something else that you. Absolutely love, and and I often enjoy watching people who, whatever they do, if if they love it, and I may have zero interest in it, but I think it's really cool if they like it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've I've got a cousin who's into skydiving. And I think I seriously, have, I have zero interest wow. in that, but I think it's cool because he he's so passionate about it, and he he loves to do it.
1: I think one of the key things about this point, and you mentioned it, is the idea of eliminating. The extraneous. I think as life goes on and becomes yeah. more complex. Oh, it does. I'm thinking about my life right now. With mm-hmm. two kids in college, I have a sophomore in high school. I've got I still have an eight year old. So between mm-hmm. soccer for the eight year old, football and wrestling yep. for the sophomore, and I've got a. My son plays football in college and my daughter is in another state, you know, opposite, almost the opposite direction from where my son is. And so between the weekend visits, between, so there's, you just can't do it all. No, you can't. And you can do everything poorly or you can pick one sport or two sports. And for me, it has been fly fishing and the other is upland game hunting in North
0: Dakota. So Wow, that's great. What else, Dave? What else keeps uh, fly fishing as a sustainable hobby i do think that friendship
1: is really important
0: oh absolutely now
1: you may be an introvert and you get a lot of juice from being alone and there are those folks who fly fishing for them is solitude pure Mm -hmm. solitude and they have the discipline to get out and but for me and you there's so much joy in the planning before we go yeah there is the mm-hmm. conversation after we go mm-hmm. um and there's just this camaraderie that mm-hmm. i can't imagine doing it and oh i know j- again last night uh when i was out driving with my son Corey, we're also going to go to uh, north dakota and hunt uh, pheasants and geese again this fall later in the fall and this year in particular um, we are not going to go with my brother and his kids. So often it'll be one big weekend. We go out there. Mm-hmm. We fish with grandpa. We fish with all grandpas. Or not fish. We hunt. We hunt with grandpa mm-hmm. and all his friends. And my brother's there. His kids are there. It's kind of, and it, it's it's one part hunting and one part family time. And yeah, and part of it is the friendship, right, between my brother and mm-hmm. me, and between my son and his yeah. chick, his kids. This year, however, um. Just some circumstances. Um, my grandmother just passed away. She was 103. So we all went oh, back to North man. Dakota for that. So my brother Matt's not able to go on that weekend. So they're going to go the weekend before. So when I told Corey last night when we we're driving, I said, hey, Cor, um, this year it's just going to be you me and Gramp and then all of Gramp's buddies. So Matt and his family are not going to go. He was really sad about that. Yeah. And it's because there's something about the friendship that mm-hmm. makes the event, the, the activity really... Pop, right? Oh, I
0: know, it's true. And and I like a little bit of solitude, but I have to say every time I'm out, if I have a good day on the water and I'm there by myself, I it just doesn't feel right. It, it's not the same. Part of it is because uh people like you then don't believe how well I really did. <laughs> you can't taunt anybody. <laughs> yeah. That's what why the, that the, the hurt is it. you can't yeah, taunt that anybody. Must be it. <laughs> No, I do find that the favorite things that I experience in life, I like to share those with with others and so that's that's a big part of it. I isn't think
1: it's hard. I think if you're just starting out fly fishing and let's say you're in your 40s, 30s, 40s mm-hmm. or 50s trying to find a fly mm-hmm. fishing partner is yep. hard work. And oh, it uh, is. especially if you don't have a lot of friends and yeah. I think some guys don't have a lot of friends. Yep. Um I can't speak for women fly fishers, but um <sighs> Man, it's tough. How do you how do you say to
0: someone? Yep. No, find a friend. Well, I know that's either
1: easier said than done.
0: Yep. And we've talked about this before, but it creates that accountability, which just sounds stupid. Like why why would you have to keep each other accountable to do what you love to do? But like you said, schedules get in the way. And you know, honestly, if we weren't planning this fall trip, uh, I might have said, oh man, you know, it's just airline flights are more expensive, and I'm so busy and 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 I would I just wouldn't do it. Yeah,
1: I I tell you what,
0: that is so true. I was just thinking about
1: this trip. They could man, can I really do that this fall? I just went back to North Dakota Mm -hmm. for Grandma's funeral. We always have this hunting trip that we're doing. I'm thinking, I'm not sure I can afford it, even though I had budgeted for it. Mm -hmm. I had set it aside. But I was thinking, maybe this year we just won't Mm -hmm. get out to the west. I've already been to Colorado. I fished quite a bit in the Driftless this year. But it's that economy, like oh you know steve's thinking we're gonna go and yeah. ah, it is fun when and we you go don't want to and... see a grown man cry because <laughs> exactly. you knew i'd cry exactly. if you didn't go with exactly. me so exactly oh so it is friendship is yeah. really important i think to sustain it because sure. it's there's the accountability yeah. there's all this wonderful stuff that goes mm-hmm. along with it yep uh, the regaling each other the stories and so i think friendship is a really important piece yep.
0: something else that makes fly fishing sustainable is is learning new skills it's growing in the craft and you don't have to go crazy here. I mean, honestly, I, I'm i not interested in learning Tenkara at this point. Maybe the day will come, and and hey, I haven't even... What is Tenkara? Uh, well, it's that long... It's kind of a Japanese uh, approach. You have this long uh, fly rod, and, and you simply have just a long leader yep, at the end yep. of it. So, uh, yeah, that's just something I don't think I'm going to pursue, and I haven't done the furled leader thing like you have, but, but there are still things I'm I'm always learning I want to try new gear I I want to try new techniques and and I find that that I think that parallels my interest I I think my interest in fly fishing uh, drives me to learn new skills but I also think that learning new skills drives me to keep fly fishing
1: what is something that you've learned just recently would you say
0: oh man what have I learned uh, recently I I think some of the insights that I picked up from Gary Borger, both in person but also reading his book about, uh, uh, you know, fighting fish, pulling them from side to side, I think have been really, uh, really huge. And, and I find myself practicing those uh, uh, techniques. And, and it's funny. It's a funny little thing, but I go out and think, oh, man, I hope I latch on one because I want to try this. And so, Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I would say for me, you mentioned furl leaders. I think uh, we did an episode on uh, tippets and leaders, and we had a couple people say, "Hey, you didn't mention furl leaders." I thought, "Nope, we didn't," and yeah, that's because right. I've never used them. Yeah. And so I actually went out. I think it was Glenn Zarboni, one of yeah, the guys. Yeah. And, and so I went out and, and picked him up. I didn't like them for uh, dry fly fishing, but I I do like them for nymph fishing. So um, and and I may get used to them for dry fly, just that I hate yeah. having to that extra step of waxing a leader but exactly so one thing i love about fly fishing and one reason it's i can sustain it is because it there's some you can grow in the sport yeah and um it's just it's interesting you really can well how about one more dave well i think the last thing to sustain uh fly fishing is is health and um you know you have health and good health until you don't oh, yeah. and 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 so i think for fly fishing it's not like you're running marathons and so mm-hmm. you know you're, you're, you're pounding your body in preparation for these you know these trips but i think long term if you're going to sustain fly fishing you need a modicum of health and that means yeah, a modicum do. of exercise mm-hmm. and i just think about all the great trips that i've taken on in the last year i mean Just think of the days we had in 16 Mile, hiking up to um, Harrison Flats up in Mm -hmm. Colorado, hiking back to um, our Hopper Run in Yellowstone National Park. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're hiking four or five miles at a pop, and it's not vertical. It's not like you're scaling a mountain, but you have to be in shape to be able to get there.
0: And, and then, then even to Wade, and then know, to and Wade, some of the absolutely. That you're walking on and I remember
1: yeah. uh, someone posted. I think it was on Facebook, maybe it was on Facebook or it was on our site, but talking about the importance of core. And how, Mm -hmm. um, especially if you're wading some of the bigger rivers, how to make sure Mm -hmm. your core is strong. And so the different Mm -hmm. types of exercises for that. So I think if you're going to sustain fly fishing into your 50s, your 60s, and, you know, we've had people talk about fishing in their 70s. And I think about that last scene of a river runs through it where he's old now. Mm -hmm. and. You know, he talks about fly fishing alone, and people say he should not do that. But you know, if you're in decent enough shape, you can go out there and fly fish. Yeah, yeah, you're not waiting. You may not be going deep into the water, but Mm -hmm. um, I think if you're going to sustain a passion like fly fishing long term, you have to be in good, in a modicum of
0: good health. Oh, it's true. Uh, Right now, Dave and I are getting ready for a a trip to Montana, and uh, something I've done regularly the last. long, long time is, uh, I work out a couple times a week, but I'm, I'm actually going to up that it's Like I need to work out three or four times a week just because I want to be, I want to make sure that I'm, uh, you know, I'm in the best shape that I can be in, uh, so that we can do everything we want to. And you know what? 55 is, is not the new 35. It's, yeah, uh, exactly. it's different. Yeah. It is you know, different I, I mean, I notice a difference even from 55 to 45. And so, um, yeah, hopefully we have a lot of, uh, life left in our our legs and our casting arms but uh yeah i've been working on lunges uh with weights where you're actually you know
1: lunging with your your legs and i i I worked on that recently and it was the first time i had done it in quite a while and like i run i do cross training and i do Mm -hmm. different things but I was so sore the next day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I thought, yep. you know, these are actually really good for hiking
0: and waiting. It is, and that's more for core, too, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's total and core. I agree. I think core exercises are, are so critical. Well, it's time now for great stuff from our listeners. Once again, Dave's piece on four fly fishing retirement myths really struck a chord with some of you. And want to read a couple of comments that, that we received. Uh, one of them is from Roger Bird. He says, I have to agree with all of the points you have made here except the last one, and that was I will have more time to fish when I retire. He said, I'm a teacher and I coached a sport up until last year. After 50 years in the sport, I decided to retire from coaching and just teach. I was in that seven days a week grind, and by doing that, I still have the finances to chase my passion, and I've given myself the time to do it. It's already working because I'm fly fishing more now than I have in a very, very long time. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and Rich Smith, similar comment. He says, I agree that one should find time to fly fish now, regardless of age or actual retirement. But having actually retired, I find I have much more time for fly fishing. I all but gave up pursuing trout back in the 90s due to family and work responsibilities. While I do have some... Regret for the years I lost, I'm more than making up for it now. Wow, that makes me happy.
1: Yeah, it does. Good to hear that. I mean, the thing is, you can pick it back up. There's absolutely no doubt. Um, Right. uh, That fourth point that I made in the article was a little bit of overstatement. Uh, And I think the point was, well, if you don't do it now, you're not going to do it when you retire. Mm -hmm. And the truth is probably many, if they don't do it now, won't do
0: it then. However,
1: there's a lot of folks who, because of their... Um, situation, I think of my brother, who is a physician and a researcher, um, just thinking about you know the time of life that he's in right now, intense, yeah. intense uh, work um, mm-hmm. situation and also, you know he's a big family. and so it's hard for him to get out for himself. but i yep. I would imagine that once he gets to a certain age, he's going to find more time for mm-hmm. fly fishing.
0: sure. and I love your concept in that article too that uh, the way you framed it, I mean, you're, you still work as hard as ever, but you said, I retired early. Yeah. And you, you moved into, uh, uh, well, it wasn't, it wasn't so much a change in your career as much as it was moving from a, uh, a publishing company to kind of doing your own thing. And right. that gave you some flexibility as well as frustration. But
1: Yeah. The point in the article was I, I retired at 38 and I've never worked so hard and been so stressed yeah. in my life ever since. But part of it was thinking, okay, I want to do what I want to do. And part of that included fly fishing. And even to this day, I still work enormous. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I was just thinking enormous amount of hours, but, um, you know, the myth is that somehow I'm going to figure it out later. And I said, no, I'm going to figure out now retiring is doing what I want to love. what I love to do. So
0: both of those are true, aren't they? Absolutely. If if you don't do it now, you won't do it later, but you will have more time later if if you've kind of set yourself up for everybody it's different but if you've set things up so that when you get to that retirement uh, situation that you really do have both the time and the money to do it. Yeah absolutely. Well that'll do it for today. What has made or will make fly fishing sustainable for you? We'd love to hear your answer to that. Please share your thoughts by going to twoguysinarever.com and commenting on this podcast link. Tell us your thoughts about how to be a fly fisher for life. You can find Two Guys in a River
1: on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd certainly love for you to visit our podcast on iTunes and rate it. That helps give us a review. You also can download a podcast app on your phone and receive our weekly podcast. I think we've had, right now, we're between twenty five and 26,000 downloads of our wow. podcast. So uh, wow, keep something. downloading yeah, them thanks. and listening to them. Um, and if you want to see every episode or listen to every episode that we've ever published, just go to the website on the navigation bar, click on every episode, and you will have a list of every episode that we've ever
0: published. All right. Thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing.